Welcome to Between Plays Stock Market Strategies. Today we have with us Level Jump Healthcare, and we have CEO Mitch Geiser. How are you doing today, sir? I am well, Al. How are you today? I'm doing really great. I'm actually really happy to have you on the show. There's a lot of talk about your company, Level Jump, and you know I just want to really get into it because you have you have a lot of stuff that you we, we, we're going to talk about, and uh, you you're bringing so much to the community that I really want my viewers to be able to enjoy this. Naturally, we have our viewers that are on YouTube and on Spotify. You know, people are going to be able to download this, listen to it from the gym or on their car ride home. So uh, very excited to have you here. Let's start with the first question that I have for you. Could you give the viewers like some of the background on this company? I, I, from what I was reading, I think you guys, was it 2008 or 2009 that you guys uh, started out or was it earlier than that? How, how did that work exactly? Yeah, so Level Jump Healthcare is the public side parent company, if you will, uh, that's on the Toronto Stock Exchange on the venture. And its main operations is CTS, Canadian Teleradiology Services. And that's the company you're referring to. And that company started it back in, uh, in actually in Belleville back in 2004, 2005. There's a gentleman that uh, came up with this idea of having remote radiology services for small urban centers, rural communities. My uh, business partner, our CFO and I at the time, we, we had an interest in healthcare. Uh, we had a keen interest in radiology uh, for a variety of reasons. Uh, and we found this company. And I guess uh, it's like that old commercial for those who are old enough. Uh, uh, we like the company so much, we bought it. And we've been, yeah. growing, it, we've been growing it ever since. You know, we, we purchased it. Uh, I was doing diligence in 2008. We liked the idea of it. We saw the, the futuristic vision, if you will, of being a telehealth company yeah. and what that offered uh, back then. So we've been growing it ever since. And basically, I find that you're more of a business to business type when it comes to contracts for revenue generating. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. We, uh, it's a great point. A lot of companies, uh, particularly in the telehealth space, is, might be about uh, driving people to an app, about putting them on uh, that doctor-patient relation. Nothing wrong with that, and that's great. Yeah. For us, uh, when investors are looking at us, it's a little bit different because we have contracts with hospitals. So yes. uh, as far as CTS goes, the main part of our operations, they, uh, hospitals contract us for emergency room service. Yeah. And what we're doing is we're providing uh, reads for patients who need emergency CTs, ultrasounds, x-rays, things of this nature. So we're not really dependent on uh, a patient relationship because we don't engage the patient directly. We do it indirectly. The hospital is hiring us saying we don't have anybody to read the CTs and x-rays overnight, weekends, whenever the case may be. So then they're uh, hiring us. So we have long-term contracts with the hospitals and many of our clients uh, stay with us for years and years and years because it's a great service and you know they, they're aware of it and uh, we fill a void uh, that otherwise would mean these smaller communities aren't getting the same kind of patient care that maybe you and I would expect in a big urban center like a Toronto or Montreal or Calgary, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that brings a great point because you're aiding the hospital in the turnaround. So there's like a long wait, basically, to get into, let's say, CT scans and stuff like that, where you're able to aid the hospitals, let's say, even for like in the big city, uh, or you're able to get onto the rural areas, 
and help all, all these people in order to get them their diagnostic treatments that they might need, whether for ailments and all this kind of stuff, correct? Yeah, we're helping that hospital with that. I mean, we focus a lot on the emergency room care. However, by us focusing on the emergency room care, their in-house team can focus on that elective care that you're referring to because yeah. the system is backed up. You can pull statistics and it'll show you by province, you know, like here in Ontario, people can wait 30 to 60 days, depending on where you are for CT. An MRI in Ontario could be anywhere from 45 to 120 days or so, assuming it's non-urgent, obviously uh, in, in conditions of CTs, if someone is potentially has cancer or something, then they would get in sooner and stuff. But there's a lot yeah. of people walking around with like hip issues, knee issues, things of these nature, which uh, if you've ever experienced that is horrible and yes. they're waiting months just to have the MRI or CT and you, you know, you can't have it. So where we come in is on the emergency side, we're making sure the hospitals is that kind of workflow is going. And, yeah. uh, you know, the service that we provide, we do also do elective service uh, for some hospitals in Northern Ontario, for example. And we provide 60 minute turnaround time on uh, emergencies. Uh, obviously we deal with stroke protocol centers where it's like 30 minutes, but even our elective cases is within 24 hours that we provide these reports. So we're making sure that turnaround time is right there. Because for those out there, if you've ever gone for a CTMRI, the worst part is you, you go for that study and then you're still told, oh, your doctor will have the results in two weeks, three weeks, you know, and you're correct. waiting. Uh, yes, so yeah. we try and solve that issue, at least for the work that we're doing and make sure that it's turnaround time is immediate. I understand exactly what you're saying, because uh, in my previous career, I used to be a police officer. My, my viewers know that. And um, I got uh, seriously injured at one point and uh, <laughs> the public system wanted me to wait like about a year and a half to go and do an MRI. And I was just like, how am I going to wait a year and a half to do an MRI? That makes no sense. Like my injuries are going to heal the way they are. Like I need to get the treatment. So absolutely. I completely understand what you're saying. This is a great, a great thing to be offering people like it, it is. And that, you know, it really, a lot of that actually goes into why we picked radiology services. You know, we had uh, at the time of his partner and I, there's somebody that we knew and had a similar experience to you. Uh, and actually they're from Quebec as well. Uh, so, so they had, they had the same thing. Uh, you do have some options for private care, but they were curious. They wanted to see how long the wait would be and, and you know, if they had any issue. Um, but the reason we picked radiology is because it's really the core of healthcare. Uh, so Healthcare in itself is like a staple when like investors are looking at it, you know, why look at our stock and this and that, but like healthcare is important, but really diagnostic imaging is the crux. Uh, it's a core pillar that we like to call it of healthcare. If you talk about, um, you know, obviously in emergency rooms, a lot of times the doctors, that's what they refer to. They got to get an image to confirm what they believe their hypothesis might be that's wrong with the patient. Uh, if you go to the doctor and you say, you know, my shoulder hurts, so there's something in my head that's not going right, I don't feel right. A lot of times they're sending you for some time type of imaging. Yes. And so really a lot of care goes through that. And then for people who do have many, uh, you know, diseases, whether treatable or fatal, they have continuous imaging needs as that goes on. Right? When they diagnose the issue with the imaging, and then perhaps they need another one post-operation. And then, you know, in cancer patients, there's follow-up CTs and things of this nature. So really what we know in the healthcare system is that the imaging department isn't going anywhere. I'm sure it'll evolve and there'll be new types of machinery and yeah, technology sure. will change it. But the crux and idea of imaging is always going to be important. 
oh yeah, no, they're going to need it no matter what. It's true what you're saying. It's going to evolve like everything else, but you're still going to be there. That's for sure. Because uh, I mean, you need technicians and stuff like that. And Canada is really well known for their radiologist technicians, like diagnostic technicians worldwide, if I'm correct. Yeah, absolutely. We've seen it. Uh, you know, we, we're, we've been focusing, obviously, we're in Ontario, we're looking to broaden our reach across Canada, and then start looking international, because a lot of uh, international places, whether you're going to islands or Southeast Asia, these countries, they would love to have American or Canadian board certified radiologists because of the, the training, the experience that they have here. So that's certainly when we look at, you know, our long-term approach, that's yes. something that we want to be able to offer. And that's great as a telehealth company that we can do that, right? Like we don't, it's when you're not brick and mortar all the time. And we do have our, our IHS, we do have some brick and mortar as well. But as far as our telehealth portion, that can be offered anywhere in the world. Yeah. And great. you know, I, I, from what I've been seeing, because like I did some research on you, um, this whole helping people thing, it seems to fall in like core with your own personal values, you know, about like employing people and stuff. You seem to like this is really, you're thriving here. This is something that you love that you're doing. I love what I do, yes. And, and I love it. So, you know, look, here's the long-term play. Uh, okay. Obviously, I want the company to be successful. Uh, I believe in what it does. It's helping rural communities. Um, you know, we're helping people who need those ailments. So that's one that gives me a goal. I want it to be successful for me personally uh, in the long-term financially and all that. Uh, you know, I'm young. I'm still going to be around here for a long time running the company. Yeah. So that doesn't get me going every day. What gets me going every day is like knowing a, uh, when it comes to like in our staff, I love knowing that staff we're creating jobs uh, that, that people have know they're putting food on the plate for their families. I like creating that kind of, you know, feeling with our different clinics that we have uh, that I enjoy the relationships with our doctors and making sure that we're supplying the services to their communities. You know, if I drive through these smaller communities, I love knowing that, you know, we're a part of that community and I think that it's valuable providing it. So that gives me a lot of pleasure as well. So there's many different aspects to it. And it's really like anything in life. If you're enjoying what you're doing, then the success will come with it. Oh, I, I really believe that. And you know who else believes that? Warren Buffett. Yeah. It's part of his uh, two point question with his partner. The first questions they ask is, are you in it for the money or do you love what you're doing? And it's, you know, it's, it's like, it's a trick question, but if you love what you're doing, you'll make money, you'll make money because yeah. you're just so, yeah, you can't, you can't focus on that. So, you know, I mean, certainly as a corporate um, vision in that my job as CEO, my number one job is really to create shareholder wealth. Absolutely. But for me to do that, I need to focus internally on what it is that makes me happy so that I, from a business standpoint, so that I create that atmosphere for our employees, for our doctors you know, for the relationships to flourish with all our hospitals and these things. I have to focus on that. And then that'll take care of this, the company, which hopefully will take care of the stock in the long term, creating that shareholder wealth. Well, absolutely. The thing is, is that with your company, you are revenue, revenue generating. You got great financials, great balance sheets. And, you know, and even your acquisitions, you always look for something that's profitable to bring it in, not something that you know, is going to bring your company down, you know, and then try to fix it or something like that. Can you like maybe get into a little bit of when you're looking for a company, what are you looking for exactly to, so in order to add to your, your bottom line? Yeah, that's a great point. Look, we've been building up CTS 
for obviously since 2009. So, you know, for, for 13 years now. And um, that's great. And organic growth is really important. So we're used to already with CTS, we have revenues from an operating standpoint of that subsidiary, it's cash flow positive. Um, you know, and that's what we like. So then we started identifying other targets, you know, and we recently acquired uh, in February three, what we call IHFs here in Ontario, which is an independent healthcare facility. Yeah. And it's where people go. It's like when your doctor sends you for an x-ray or an ultrasound, mammography, things of this nature. And that's three of them, correct? If I'm, yeah, uh... we, purchased, we purchased three of them. So, yeah. and again, so when we look at it, we're saying, okay, A, does it have revenue, obviously? And then B, is it create, does it have positive EBITDA? Is it creating positive cash flow on a monthly basis? Uh, you know, what is it, what, where is it today and where can it be? Those are the questions. But on the where is it today, one of our key uh, goals that we look at our targets, if you will, is that we want to see that it's cash flow positive, that it's making some cash, it has EBITDA. And then we can ask the question, okay, can we grow it from here? What's, what could it ultimately look like? And I think in some respects that separates us from other companies because sometimes uh, they look at it and they're just like, okay, well, it'll be something maybe someday. And, yeah. and, and there can be value in that. Um, but that can't be every business you acquire, right? You know, True. there's tel other telehealth companies we've seen out there and they acquire a lot like that. And it's like, okay, but if every company you acquire is losing money, then how are you going to reach that goal? Cause again, it's about shareholder wealth. It's about shareholder wealth for everybody out there who's buying a share. And ultimately for me, because I have shares, I'm not selling any shares. I just keep acquiring shares. So, nice. you know, over eventually I want them to be worth something. They can only do that if the operations make money. So we have the IHFs that we purchased um, and that's great. And then now we've been doing our diligence on uh, another acquisition, which is a full telehealth company down in the States. And that really- Telehospital, right? Yeah, it's a telehospital? Yeah, correct, telehospital. And that'll be, you know, a big game changer for us. It'll add a lot in revenue. Uh, it's making money, but it, uh, but the key with that one actually is the potential on it is great, but it's already, you know, has cash flow, uh, which is what we'd like to see. And their model is similar to CTS. So again, okay. where our teleradiology business is that B2B hospital to doctor to doctor relationship, if you will, in hospital yes. contracts, yes, yes. they're the same thing. They do have an app, but it's really like nothing of their revenue. Their revenue is all derived from their relationships and contracts that they have with hospitals. Okay. But instead of just offering radiology, they offer a whole suite of services that include emergency room care, um, visits, uh, virtual visits with uh, neurologists, urologists, uh, psycho psychiatrists, whatever it may be. Uh, but it's done through the hospital and there's still an intermediary doctor doing it. So they don't really go out and try and market to just the patient. Uh, and we think that acquisition will allow us, uh, obviously, if we're close on that, to get into the U.S. marketplace and really kind of grow the company from there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because once you get once you get that, I mean, you're just gonna like start flourishing in all other directions. And um, you know, I'm really curious about the Shaw because uh, you have like Shaw that you've been uh, purchasing, and you just I think upped your stake uh, not too long ago. Is that correct? Yeah, we've been uh, buying up a company called Shaw Lens or Shaw, Shaw Lens and Shaw Vision. Um, and this company, it is a little bit outside of our wheelhouse, right? Because we're focusing on telehealth and radiology solutions. And I think as a CEO, it's really important to keep your vision. Absolutely. Uh, you don't want to derive from that too much. 
Uh, Shaw vision is a Shaw lens is something that came to us uh, before Level Jump even went public. Uh, so a few years ago, and the product is fantastic. It works really well. What it does is it treats a condition known as anisoconia. And uh, well, Al, you wear glasses, so you you it affects twenty five percent. You may or may not suffer from it. But I was reading about it a bit. So it's about an objects uh, from far being a, like um, your eyes are trying to. Uh, one eye might see the object a different size versus the other that's, or something like that. That's right. Yeah. When your left and right eye see things and then how it relates to the brain, yeah. often it's off by, you know, could be half a second, but it's slightly off. And that difference creates a lot of uh, migraines. Yeah. Migraines, dizziness, sore neck, back pain, yeah. uh, sore eyes. You know, you take glasses off and see people rubbing their eyes. and all That's that. right. <laughs> yeah. So it treats it and it's on the market, um, but they just haven't really... Uh, knowing how to blown it up, uh, you know, so they have some revenues in that. So it was one of those, you know, uh, if people are looking at, at our deck that's available on our website and that, and they'll see one of the things in there, we have like some technology and other healthcare investments. And it yep. really felt under both those. A, they have a US patent on their lenses, uh, even though they're a Canadian company, but they already have a patent in the States. And B, they fall under other healthcare. Uh, so that does fall within our deck and how we kind of laid that out even before we went public and shareholder wealth we're still figuring out yeah right now uh you know we own a sizable position in there um of the company looking at acquiring more and working with them we're still figuring out exactly what the end game will look like uh, but the potential because uh, we know that so many people around the world wear glasses and again it could be sold from anywhere oh yeah the potential is huge and with your telehealth and your remote rural services that you're offering, revenue generating to it's it's a, it's an excellent acquisition. I was reading about it, and I suffer from migraines because of maybe what you're talking about, and it just hasn't been diagnosed yet. That's right. Bad. That's right. A lot a lot of people don't even they just know that they you know they get migraines, for, or when they look at their screen, their eyes get sore yeah. and dizzy and that, but they don't really realize that that's actually a condition. And in this case, it's treatable with a, just a slightly different type of lens. And when you look at the glasses, nobody can tell. Uh, it doesn't make you like bug-eyed or something oh, yeah. like that, you know? Yeah. 1950s styles, nothing like oh, that. Oh God, yeah. Oof. You can't tell. They just take a few different measurements and then using their uh, patent software, when they take these additional measurements, they cut the lens slightly different and that's able to treat the condition. Oh yeah, that's definitely going to help millions of people. But, you know, getting back to the diagnostic side, I mean, I was looking at your Ontario market. Like you're a leader in Ontario like hands down like uh, five six percent of the market that you're over there uh is that right about the ontario market like that you're one of the leaders in this area for for diagnostic scanning and stuff like that yeah there's a few companies but we're one of the two main companies uh that's been around for a while and that the hospitals know and like i say when we get in a hospital we keep that contract just keeps renewing and renewing uh, you know and hospitals know like they call us up because they're like you know hey we heard about cts and What's great is, you know, it's still, it's a small community. You know, you think of healthcare as large, but it's not really. There's only like a lot of people, like if you're in Montreal, if you mentioned a few of the hospitals in Montreal, everybody yeah. in Canada pretty much has heard of the few main hospitals in Montreal or Calgary, yeah. Toronto, everybody knows them. Yeah. So the community, and then when you were talking about rural communities, they only have a lot of times one hospital uh, yeah. in that community. Yeah. So our reputation uh, supersedes us in that sense, you know, that we get calls saying, Hey, we heard you guys do service after our service for this hospital or that hospital. And we'd like to, you know, hear some more what we can, what you can do for us. Uh, so it starts building and feeding itself. It almost is at that point where it becomes a snowball effect in a very positive way.
well, you know, uh, the diagnostic imaging, uh, you know, on the macroeconomic level is, um, is very impressive. And definitely with a company like yours, and, you know, branching out into the United States, and then eventually with the way uh, you are working, uh, you know, the diagnostic systems for the rural areas, you know, you're helping out the main hospitals and all this kind of stuff. I was looking at the macroeconomics of the diagnostic industry. And I was looking at in 2021 alone, it was worth 26.6 billion. Uh, we're looking at um, CAGR, Compound Annual Growth Rate, of 5.7%. It hit 35 billion US dollars by 2026. Yeah. This is huge, huge money, massive money that you're going to be getting a piece of that pie. It's it's huge money, and as we spoke about earlier it's not going anywhere. This isn't like, you know, mining stocks go up and down the crypto. We don't, we don't know what regulators are going to do in that. Right. And it may be a fantastic investment. I'm certainly not saying that it's not, we don't know yet. We'll see what happens. We're ripple. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's right. But many things come and go. um, But, but healthcare doesn't go. It evolves, but it doesn't go. But medical imaging, that diagnostic imaging has been a crucial part of the healthcare for so long. So the, the 27 billion and the projection to 35 billion, it's just going to keep climbing, right? Like nobody's going to all of a sudden say, we don't need imaging. I, oh, no. You know, again, there may be new modalities that come out that can do it in a different way. And that's fine. But the, even that takes years and years, you know, and they're, they're like most of technology today, it's not, it's just evolving the current technology slightly that um, you sorry, it's taking like ultrasound and MRIs and how do you make them more efficient or less expensive, right? And that kind of thing, but it's still that technology. So we still have a ways to go and it's not going anywhere. You know, no, definitely diagnostic imaging in all its sense is definitely not going to be going anywhere. I don't see how there's any other way that's so non-invasive to find issues with a person's body, whether it's from a person just being sick or broken bones or, you know, it's just the easiest non-invasive way for a person to find things out. And if it wasn't for the whole sector, the staple of diagnostic imaging, well, I don't think that uh, there's many lives that would not have been saved. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, for sure, this is around for, I don't even know how to explain it. It's well, just our it's here lives. for the long run. the viewers' lives. It's all, it's going to be around. It's not going anywhere. Exactly, That's- exactly. You know, um, basically to, 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 to attend off, I just like to know if there's anything that you want to share with uh, the shareholders. Do you have anything in the pipeline? I don't know. Something that uh, uh, definitely your the telehealth hospital that's in the pipeline. Yeah. The telehealth is in the pipeline. Uh, and the other thing, which we again have announced similar to like uh, Shaw, where we've acquired, uh, you know, a high percentage of it. Is, uh, is actually our competitors going back to that for a minute, uh, you know, a company called Real Time Medical. And we own, uh, you know, over 20, I think 26, 27% of that company now. Uh, people can go see the press releases on it. And it's very unique. I, you know, we get asked about that all the time. How is it you're buying up your competitor, you know, slowly like this? And, uh, you know, there there is a working relationship there. And uh it's a very passive investment at the moment. Uh, we'll see where, where that goes in time, but we've become one of the larger shareholders uh, of that company. So I think there's a lot, uh, you know, I, I can only comment on what, what's out there and that's, you know, the percentage that we own. 
but hopefully, you know, as we go forward, maybe there'll be more information on that and, and we'll be able to expand on that and really become a national telehealth player uh, in Canada. So, so we're yeah. looking forward to that event, uh, you know, and again, we, we see a lot of acquisitions. Um, obviously, you can only do so many acquisitions at one time, um, but we believe there's a lot available uh, in addition to our IHFs that we acquired in February. There's more opportunity that's out there. So we certainly uh, want to continue along that route as well. And I think what's important as a, as a smaller company, we're a smaller company, but yet we have revenues. We have positive cash flow on our, from our operations. Uh, you know, we put in all the corporate overhead, there's still, you know, work to be done and we're going to get there. But I think what you want to do is you want to be methodical. So we, you know, we have a vision, we have a plan and we don't want to just be nilly willy saying, oh, today we're going to acquire this and tomorrow we're going to acquire that. But, you know, we have like three, four things in the pipeline now, and we're trying to just work on those, uh, integrate them, make sure that it's a smoothless transition and then start focusing on further acquisitions from there. Absolutely. And with you as CEO there, I, I see this company shooting up uh, for, you know, the long run, the long term. But I also believe in the short run, definitely people can make money on this. I mean, uh, the stock right now is at a massive entry point where, you know, naturally people should do their due diligence, you know, like our model here, research, prepare, plan, execute on it. But people will see like, you know, like you're saying, revenue, great balance sheets, vision, you know, a CEO that actually cares for his company and stuff like that and wants to generate uh, revenue, uh, profits, um, everything moving forward. And also you have a lot of insiders that own shares of the company, which is highly important because it shows that you also believe in your product. Uh, this company is at a great entry level for shareholders to take advantage of the growth that you're going to be receiving. Well, I'm sure uh, going back to Warren Buffett, I'm sure he would also say, you know, the best time to buy is, is buy low uh, and not high. So while as a CEO, uh, it's frustrating sometimes when I look at our market cap to revenue. Um, on the flip side, if you're looking at a company, you're saying, wait a sec, they have operating history. They've just recently completed an acquisition. We got some amazing financing through TD Bank to get that done, you know, on great rates that uh, that can't be beat. People are still amazed that we were able to get that get that loan. So yeah. hopefully we've shown enough that somebody can go look in this like, well, look at what their where the revenue is going to be this year and look at their market cap now. You know, I mean, we're already just uh, going to be in that eight to nine million dollars just with where we are today without, you know, further organic growth and further uh, acquisitions that we have planned for this year. So yeah. you look at the market cap. Uh, we think now is the time to seriously look at, you know, our company because, yeah, it's much better to buy it when it's down on these levels than oh, yeah. afterwards saying, oh, I should have bought it below. I would have made better return or I could have made a good great return. Well, absolutely. I always, you know, uh, you know, I always communicate to our shareholders that, you know, you don't buy a stock when you see it like rising, you know, like, and, and then a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I should have bought it back then. Well, that's the part of the whole research, prepare, plan, execute that they should get into and make sure that they see it because your stock right now is definitely a beautiful entry level. Um, and like I said, it's everybody's due diligence, but that's from my research and very excited about the stock. Uh, Mitch, I'm wondering if in the future, when you get your um, telehospital and all these things, if you're willing to come back to do um, some interviews for some follow-ups. 
I love doing follow-ups and, and that, that would be great. So one of those things I always tell shareholders that, um, you know, I, I love to, to be accessible to them as much as possible. Uh, obviously as the company gets bigger and going, you know, we, we have, uh, others that help with, uh, with investor inquiries and things of that nature, but, uh, love doing, you know, one-on-one -on -one talks like this and, you know, trying to let the shareholders know what's going on. And, you know, somebody like yourself who has this great platform and it, it's so nice that you're, you're on Spotify and YouTube and what have you, that it makes it easier to, to have that outreach to everybody. So that would be wonderful. All right, great. Well, you know what? From uh, Between Play Stock Market Strategies, Mitch Geisler of Level Jump Healthcare, thank you, and I cannot wait to see you again in the future. Great. Thanks, Al. Bye-bye. Thanks, bye. -bye. Thanks, bye.